What's up, Victory family? How are you guys today? Listen, I'm super excited because we have our Hamilton Mill campus and our Midtown campus joining with us today as well as everyone online. Let's just welcome them. I, I like to say we have our friends in the suburbs, our family in the suburbs, and our family in the city who are with us today, and so as well as those of us who are online. We also have people from Chile and Nigeria and Pakistan watching with us. And so we just wanna welcome you. We are so glad you joined with us today. I love what we just did. I love that we just had child dedication across all campuses here today where we got to see people say, hey, I wanna see my child grow up in the ways of the Lord. What a blessing we get to be a part of that. So listen, today we are gonna continue in our Running in Circles series. We kicked this off, if you're new with us, we kicked this series off a few weeks ago and we started off by looking at John chapter four in this woman at the well where Jesus showed us this grace that he had for her. He showed us this love that he had for her but at the same time helped her deal with her issues and call out unhealthy patterns that she had in her life but he did it with a grace and a kindness in that same way that he offered her grace and kindness and to give her living water, he gives us today. He will, listen, let me just say this. Jesus will never take something from you and not give you something better in return. Amen. He'll never take something from you and not leave you with something better in return. And then the next week we looked at John chapter five and we looked at, uh, at this story about the man at the pool of Bethsaida. He was a man who had been an invalid for 30 years laying there at the pool of Bethsaida. And Jesus asked him this important question. He said, do you want to be healed? And I hear a yes already here, right? Hamilton Mill Midtown, do you wanna be healed? What we heard across all campuses was a resounding yes. We want to be healed. And just like that man uh, at the pool of Bethsaida answered that question, we answered that question, right? We asked Jesus to reveal things so he could heal some things. And that was, yeah, amen, and that was a little tender, right? Come on. That was a little tender, but Jesus came in and he did some amazing work and healed some of the broken areas of our past. And so that was a beautiful thing across all the campuses. And then last week, we talked about how God doesn't want the 30%, the 50, the 75%. He wants all of us. He wants all of us. That God doesn't want you to live a life of compromise but he wants you to live a full life with him. And we finished that, this, the, the message off with taking communion together. We postured ourselves in this place of repentance and remembrance. And we said, God, I'm tired of running in circles. How many of you have been tired of running in circles? Amen. How many of you have experienced healing these past three weeks or breakthrough these past three weeks? Amen. Hamilton Mill, Midtown, have you experienced healing these past three weeks and breakthrough? I believe, listen, I believe we are in a place as the capital C church where God is calling us and desiring us to come into a deeper relationship with him. And so he's doing that. He's taking the old and the past and he's making all things new. He is making all things new. And in that, listen, there's something for you in that. There is something for me in that. There is something for all of us. He is not just saying, hey, I just wanna do something for the people who are, are on the platform, or I just wanna do it for the special leaders. No, he wants it for all of us. 
And in that, there's a place of friendship he wants to have with us. There's a place of relationship that he wants to have with us. There's a place of peace that he wants to have with us that overrides fear, that overrides anxiety, that overrides worry, that overrides doubt. And what the world would throw at us, listen, there's a place of peace in him that he wants to give to you. That there's a place of, of knowing his truth about us a place of knowing his truth for us and a place of knowing his truth in our circumstances. Listen, the word says what? You shall know the truth and the truth will what? Set you free. God's truth brings us freedom. And so in this, I believe God wants to take us into this new space of knowing him, knowing what his will is for us, what his word is for us so that we can live from a renewed mind, a renewed perspective and a place with him and in him. Amen? Are you ready to go there today? Are you ready? Come on now. Buckle your seatbelts, all right? Let's buckle our seatbelts. Let's, let's go into what the Lord has for us today. Listen, Romans 12, verse two says this. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We know this. Pastor Darius prayed this while ago. God wants to transform us into the likeness of him. He wants us to know his truth because that truth will set us free. But here's the thing. We're not gonna get there if we're running in circles. We're not gonna get there if we continue running in those things, conforming or compromising to the world's beliefs, the world's attitudes, the world's ideologies that surround us. And so let, let me be honest. My mind constantly has to be renewed. My mind constantly has to be renewed. Your mind constantly has to be renewed. Amen. Come on. Oh, pastor, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm good. No, no, listen, our minds constantly have to be renewed. Look at your neighbor and tell them our minds need to be renewed. <laughs> right? John 10, 10 tells us this, says that the enemy, we have an enemy out there who comes to steal, to kill. Y'all are saying it with me. Go ahead now and destroy, right? But Christ comes to give us what? Life, and life more abundantly, right? Listen, the enemy doesn't come with us with typical measures, right? He's not breaking into your house. Oh, let me see what jewelry you have, right? Where do you have the safe? Let me steal your money. No, no, right? He'd have a long rap sheet if he did. I mean, you got thousands of years of things he's been doing, right? Stealing. No, the enemy comes in. He's sneaky and he's crafty, right? He doesn't come in to steal material things, he comes in to, to steal, and it starts in our thoughts, right? He knows if he can steal your peace, he succeeded. He knows if he, can be, if he can steal your joy, he succeeded. He knows if he can kill your faith, he succeeded, right? Come on now. And then in turn, what, can he, what does he want to do? He wants to come in and destroy. Destroy the very thing that God had put in you. Destroy your marriage. Destroy your hopes. Destroy your dreams. All of those things. He comes in to steal, kill, and destroy. But he comes in and he starts with the thoughts. He starts with our thoughts. But I'm here to tell you today that you have a God in heaven who loves you. You have a God in heaven who fights for you. You have a God in heaven who wants to be in relationship with you. You have a God in heaven who wants to see you flourish and prosper in everything that you do and live out his hopes, his dreams, and his calling for you. Amen? Amen. Listen, we asked Jesus to reveal things so he could heal things a few weeks ago, right? Where we've compromised. And listen, many of you left the sin. You said, 
I am not gonna run back to the old wells any longer, right? You said, I'm leaving it here, leaving those things here at the well with Jesus. You did, you left it, right? You made a decision not to go back to those things. But how many of you know, you can't just leave the sin at the altar, right? You can leave the sin at the altar, right? (laughs) You leave it there. You can leave the sin at the altar, but it's not just about the behavior change. Come on. You have to have a heart change. You have to have a mind change in your thinking, right? I can say, I'm not gonna do that anymore. God, here here you go, here you go, here you go, Jesus. I'm leaving it here, I'm leaving it here, but I'm just gonna go home. I'm gonna continue to fill my mind and my thoughts with these old things. No, listen, that's why many times we can see people on the roller coaster of Christianity. Come on now, one minute they're like, woo, Jesus, hallelujah, right? Going up, amen, hallelujah, God set me free. And then the next minute, you're like, hey, have you seen so-and-so? I can't find him. Where's Sister Susie? Where's Brother Joe, right? And you, find, you can't find them because they're back down in their sin. Why? They left the sin, right? But they didn't ask God to have a heart change or a mind change, a change in their mind or thinking. But I don't want to be on the roller coaster of Christianity. Do you? No, Hamilton Mid- Midtown, do you want to be on that? Now, listen, let me just say this. Jesus doesn't want you to experience short-term freedom, but a lifetime of freedom in partnership with him. Jesus doesn't want you to experience a short term of freedom, but a lifetime of freedom in partnership with him. And in order to do that, we have to have a mind made new. So listen, today, that's where we're gonna land. That's where we're gonna land. Today, we're gonna talk about how to have a mind made new. And so here's my question. I want you to begin to ask the Lord as we start today. Are you ready? I want you to ask God this question. God, in what areas does my mind need to be made new? God, in what areas does my mind need to be made new? A few weeks ago, we introduced this word called a stronghold, called a stronghold. And as a reminder, a stronghold is an unwanted, repeated pattern of destructive thinking and behavior. A stronghold is an unwanted, repeated pattern of destructive thinking and behavior. It's not just an addiction. It's not just a thing. I don't wanna do that anymore, right? It's an area where we have knowingly or unknowingly allowed the enemy to gain access and control in our lives and in our minds. And here's the thing. Habitual sin, that doesn't happen overnight. Habitual destructive cycles of thinking or living, those don't happen overnight. They all begin with a thought that we agreed to in our mind. That thought became a belief. And then that belief forms a pattern of thinking and living that can either free us or entangle us. Our thoughts become beliefs and they can either free us or entangle us. But Galatians 5.1, Paul reminds us here, and he says, it was for this freedom that Christ set us free, completely liberating us. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery, which you once removed. Jesus wants us to stay free. He wants us to live with this mind made new in him. And so here's the question, how do we stay free? 
How do we stand firm and not go back to our old patterns of sin, destructive thinking, and behavior? How do we do that? How do we stay free? The first thing is this, is we have to ask God to expose the strongholds. We ask God to expose the strongholds. Listen, we know the sin usually, right? We have to ask God to expose the strongholds. Several years ago, uh, Johnson and I found ourselves in a very, um, let's just call it a heated discussion. Maybe an argument, might be that, right? And uh, I'll never forget that moment. I can see it, I, I can visualize it. I remember when it happened. And we're having this heated discussion and he uses these words and he says, why are you being so combative? I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And I didn't say it, but let's be real, I thought it. I'm like, I'm not being combative, you're being combative. You're the one that has an attitude right now. I don't have walls, you have walls, right? Like, that's what I'm thinking in the moment. Let's just say my attitude was a little extra in the moment. My behavior was a little extra in the moment, but we did work through it. But then a a few months later, I was at a training, which was actually a training for what our forward ministry is here at Victory. And uh, the instructor was talking about strongholds. And so they ask, hey, I want you to spend some time in prayer asking God about any stronghold in your life and just ask him to search your heart, right? David would pray this prayer, search my heart, oh God, and point out anything in me that offends you and just begin to pray that. Lord, is there anything in my heart? And so I'm thinking to myself, I don't have strongholds. No, I'm good. Mm -hmm. That's for the unchurched people right there. That's not for me. Listen, I'm like, we're pastors. I have like been on this road of healing for so long. I've been walking with the Lord for so long. I'm good. I've walked this. It's like, the, it's like hey, pride, nice to see you, right? Um, <laughs> truthfully. And uh, so I turn around, and there's this woman behind me, and we were encouraged to just gather with somebody that we didn't know. So I turn around, there's this woman um, behind me, and she says, I feel like the Lord is saying that you've been combative with your husband. <laughs> And he wants to reveal why. I'm like, shut the front door. Like, really? You know, she's like, but you need to ask him. I'm like, come on, right? This woman read my two-month-old mail from the Lord, right? I think he had been uh, trying to serve that uh, for quite a while. And finally, I, you know, I probably was hitting return to sender for probably a number of years. And today it was like, no, now you're gonna get this. Uh, now you're gonna get this. But what I didn't realize is that at some point in time, I had developed this combative stronghold. And let me just say this. Like, I didn't fully know. When Johnson used the word, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I had to go look it up. Like, what does that mean? I'm feisty. I mean, every, come on now. I need to be a little feisty, right? Um, <laughs> maybe. But, but what combative means is it means you are eager and you are ready to fight, right? Oh, come on now. Like, let's go. Let's go. You know, let's, let's go, babe. Come Right? It was this attitude and posture that I carried of like, oh, no, no, you ain't, you don't, you're not gonna one-up me, I'm gonna one-up you, right? But here's the thing, I didn't see it. I didn't see it, I didn't know it, and I continually rationalized this combative attitude and this stronghold that I had carried for years. Truthfully, had you said, had you like brought that up to me, I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I would have argued with it. I'd be like, no, I don't think so. I think it's actually this. And I would have rationalized it and defended myself to the core. Why? Because it had been a part of my attitude and behavior for so long. Listen, Ephesians 4 verse 18 says, 
this. It says, their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. I had rationalized this for so long that I didn't know it had created a stronghold. I would love to tell you that this was like decades ago. No, this was not. This was like seven years ago. Listen, I didn't know it had created a stronghold. And what Paul is saying here in that scripture is the tendency for people is to think our, our way away from God. We tend to think our way away from God, right? And we rationalize our own ideas, our beliefs, and our actions. And let me just say this, intellectual pride, rationalization, and excuses all keep people from a deeper relationship with God. When we rationalize things, it can keep us away from a closer relationship with God. You might be wondering why you haven't, like, God, why don't I feel you closer? Why do I feel like I've been in this place for so many years? I would question, do you have a stronghold in your life? I would question, do you have a stronghold in your mind and in your thinking? Listen, um, Joyce Meyer said this statement. She said, Satan will aggressively fight against the renewal of your mind, but it is vital that you press on and continue to pray and study in this area until you gain measurable victory. Notice she said, press on and continue to pray until you gain measurable victory. She's saying you need to be able to measure the changes. It needs to be evident in your life. People need to be able to see it in your life, in your behaviors, and it needs to be evident in your thought patterns and thinking. As a man thinketh, so is he. Come on. It's gotta be revealed, right? Listen, Jesus, again, he doesn't want you to experience short-term freedom, but a lifetime of freedom in partnership with him to have a mind made new but we have to ask him to expose the strongholds. How do we stay free? We ask God to expose the strongholds, and the second way is this. We ask God to expose the lies. We ask God to expose the lies. Once, once God has exposed the stronghold, we have to ask God to expose the lies associated with the stronghold. Let me say this, a fruit doesn't bear, right? A tree doesn't bear fruit by itself, right? Right, a tree doesn't just, you don't just go out and walk into your yard and see apples and there's no tree around, right? Same thing is true with our sin. It doesn't just pop up overnight. It starts somewhere where it's been rooted, right? And that's in our thought patterns and our thinking. And so earlier I mentioned the patterns of thinking and living, right, begin with a thought that we agree to in our mind, which forms a belief that can free us or entangle us. Let me say this, strongholds gain entrance into a person's life through their beliefs, through their beliefs. I know we talk about lots of time, we talk about the sin. Absolutely, we're gonna talk about the sin, but to get to the root, we have to talk about the lie that was implanted long ago that created the stronghold, which then created the unhealthy fruit in our life. So when we go back, go back to the training that um, I was at and that woman so graciously uh, was used by the Lord in that moment to uh, read my mail and call attention uh, that there had been a combative stronghold and attitude that I had just had and lived with for so long that I had come into agreement with. Listen, I didn't know how or when that was developed. I had no idea. 
I was like, I don't, I don't know when this would have happened. I don't know. Like, I, I don't feel like I'm eager to fight and ready to go at all times. I don't think so. But that day, I, that day that that came up, I started to have a conversation with God that has marked me in my marriage, in my relationship with others, and most importantly, my relationship with the Lord. And it started with uh, one question that day in prayer after the identification of the stronghold. I asked God, I said, God, would you expose any lies that I'm believing about you or in my relationship with Johnson that aren't true? And instantly, I'm, I'm in a moment of prayer, I'm in a posture of just you know, coming before the Lord, I have my eyes closed, and instantly in my mind, I see our bedroom, and I see what, what I visualize Jesus to look like. You know, we all, we, have, we all think like this is what Jesus looks like, right? I, I have that visual in front of me, and I see Jesus, and he's across the room from me, standing in the doorway. I could see him, but he wasn't close next to me. And I said, Jesus, why aren't you close to me? And he said, Summer, and, and the next thing I saw was myself, well, he said, Summer, I can't be next to you because you won't allow me to. And I said, what are you talking about? Of course I want you close to me, Jesus. He said, no, you won't allow me to. And the next thing I saw was myself sitting or standing in the middle of our bedroom and I had a shield covering me from head to toe. And he said, I can't be close to you because you won't allow me because you've chosen to be your own protector and you've put up a shield in front of me. You put up a shield in front of me. See, at some point in my life, I came into agreement with this lie that I was a better protector than the Lord. And let me just say this. The enemy uses the hurts from our past. He uses the sins that have been committed against us. He uses the sins that we've committed, the embarrassment that we've suffered, or the things that we should have received, like comfort or nurture to instill lies that will build a stronghold around us to keep us from receiving the very freedom and healing that Christ has to offer us. The Bible tells us in John 8, that Satan is the father of lies. And listen, this is not anything new, right? We hear that, listen, we've read, we've read the story of Adam and Eve in the garden. We know that he came into deceit, but I think many times we look at, oh, Satan's just tempting me, right? He's putting that in front of me, that relationship in front of me, or oh, I just went there. Listen, the biggest thing about Satan is he is the father of lies. And if he can get in through a lie and get in to deceive you, he's won. He succeeded. That's where he likes to step in. Genesis 3, 1 through 5, we read this account uh, from the garden, and it says this, that now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field, and that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the, middle, the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So it's here in this moment in the garden, Satan, the father of lies, the deceiver, he comes in and he's implying, God's stingy, he's selfish. Right? He's strict. 
He just doesn't want you to, 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 he just doesn't wanna share the knowledge of good things and evil things with you, right? He implies this like, you know, I don't know that you can really trust him, Eve. He implies that in there. And so Eve not only heard Satan, right? We read that, we've read this numerous times, but she came into agreement with Satan and believed the lie that, you know what, you can't trust God. You can't trust God, you just need to rely on yourself. Here's, here's how to, to get what you want without having to go through God. Like, like, just do it yourself, take care of it yourself. See, a lie is developed as the enemy interprets life's events to us. Just like he interpreted that event to Eve in that moment, right? And in return, the enemy tells us who we are. He tells us who God is. He tells us who others are. And he tells us how the world works, etc. And here's the problem. Here's the problem. We've come into agreement with those lies. We have come into agreement with those lies. And I'm not, let me, let me just say this. I am not here to say these things, listen, to shame or bring uh, condemnation. Listen, I am here because the Lord wants to set us free and our minds to be made new in him, right? Listen, that Jesus, is, Jesus never comes in with a condemning spirit. He comes in, listen, with conviction, right? It's the kindness of him that leads us to repentance. I wanna say that in this moment because I feel like many in this room are feeling this, ooh, here, right now, ooh, ooh. God is not here to shame you. God is here to deliver you. God is here to deliver you and bring freedom. So we have to know where that thing happened, right? So when we, we've agreed with lies, and how do we agree? We said, that's true. You know when God is never there. That's true, God doesn't care. Right, Eve agreed, she ate of the fruit. In fact, in verse six of Genesis three, it says that she was convinced. She was convinced, and when we agree with the lies of the enemy, we can, come, we can become convinced in our own heart and in our mind that the lies we are believing are true. Craig Rochelle made this statement. He said, a lie believed as truth, a lie believed as truth will affect your life as though it were truth. A lie believed as truth will affect your life as though it were truth. And when you're operating, uh, here's the thing, Adam and Eve, right, they changed their entire way of thinking and relating to God based on the lie of the enemy. Their entire way of relating to God based on the lie of the enemy. Here's the problem, right? If we believe the lie is true, then the stronghold in our mind makes sense. It makes sense. For me, I believe that, right? I believe the lie that I was a better protector. So therefore, the stronghold of being combative made sense, right? Which is why sometimes strongholds can be so hard to identify if the lie were obviously untrue, then we wouldn't be deceived by it. I'm gonna give you guys some profound uh, knowledge here. You ready? Okay. Once a person is deceived, they don't recognize they're deceived because they're deceived. You like that one? It's very profound, isn't it? Right? Once a person is deceived, they don't recognize they're deceived because they're deceived. And so when you're operating under deceived thinking or a mindset, it's hard to see the lie we've come into agreement with because we, we believe we're right. 
We believe that we're right. And so, you know, even for me, I think back to like, I didn't believe it, right? At that point, some point I came into agreement with the lie that I was a better protector than God was. And it affected my relationship with God. It affected my relationship with others. It affected my relationship with the one I love the most outside of the Lord. And that's my relationship with my husband. Listen, sometimes we can live in this thing for so long and we can point the finger. It's out here, it's out here. It's out here, it's not me, it's not me, it's not me, it's not me. And God's saying, hey, would you just ask me? Right? Listen, my lie was a self-protective lie. Maybe your lie is, I don't need anyone. It's this independence lie. Let me just say that independence lie, I don't need anybody, I'm good, I got it, right? That feeds a stronghold of idolatry, of self-sufficiency, and of pride. And that will lead us away from God because we think we know better. It's a form of denial. Or maybe, maybe your lie is that you'll never be loved. It's the unlovable lie. That lie will feed a stronghold of rejection. It will feed a stronghold of emotional insulation, right? And then here's the thing. Those strongholds can lead, those things can, that, that lie, I'm sorry, the lie will lead to rejection, but it'll also lead to fantasy and ways to escape through addiction. We look for something to comfort us. We look for something to make us feel better and feel okay about ourselves because we don't feel lovable. Maybe your lie is I'm powerless to change things, right? That's a helpless lie, which feeds a stronghold of doubt. It feeds a stronghold of unbelief. Well, you know, I just can't do anything about it. I think about Eeyore and that, well, you know, <laughs> that's just how it's gonna be, right? Just watch some Winnie the Pooh with your kids if you have kids. Right, there's the no hope, hopeless lie, which feeds a stronghold of depression and heaviness. And that's, that's a heavy one right there. It leads you to, a, I guess, it's the way it's always gonna be. Nothing's ever gonna get better. It leaves you without hope. But who is the source of hope? Jesus, Jesus. Here's the thing, lies. We can believe them or we can exchange them for God's truth because Jesus has given us the power and the weapons to overcome. Amen? Second Corinthians 10, three through five says this. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Listen, Paul is telling us, you've been given a spiritual weapon. You have been given a spiritual weapon. I have been given a spiritual weapon to address a spiritual problem with the war that goes on in our mind. When we look at Ephesians 4, it tells us about the armor of God, it tells us to daily suit up with the armor of God. And everything is protective, right? It's to, to put over you, except for one thing, there's one thing that you use as a defense, and that is the sword of the spirit, which God gave us, which is the word of God to defeat the enemy. It's not, what do I read about online to defeat, right? It's not, what does my mom say to defeat the enemy? What does my friend say to defeat the enemy? Unless they're quoting the word of God, that's the weapon you use. Listen, God's word discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart according to Hebrews 4.12, right? We can't discern our truth from the enemy's lies, but listen, God's word helps us to discern the lies, 
That's his word. His word divides between joint and marrow. It cuts in deep. His word is truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Set you free. How do we have a mind made new, right? How do we stay free? We want to stay free, amen? You want to have a mind made new, amen? Hamilton Hamilton Mill Midtown, you want to have a mind made new. I believe that you do. Listen, how do we stay free? We're gonna ask God to expose the strongholds. We're gonna ask God to expose the lies. And then we're gonna ask God to expose when the lie entered in and replace it with his truth. Replace it with his truth. When uh, I had that moment with the Lord and he showed me the moment of when I began to Um, that wall of self-protection, that shield that I had held for so long. Um, I sat there in that moment. It's amazing that I'm not crying right now because it still is very tender to me. Um, And I said, Lord, when did I begin to believe the lie that I had to protect myself? When did I begin to believe the lie that I had to protect myself? And he took me back and I saw, literally that, that moment shifted from being in our room to I saw myself as a little girl sitting at a table in my childhood home, and, he's, and it was shortly after some trauma I had gone through. And he said, it was here. This is when you made a decision to be your own protector because of the sin that had been committed against you. And when that, that trauma happened, what the enemy whispered was, you can't trust men. You can't even trust God. And I agreed with it. And because of that, that lie fortified in my life as a young girl, which then became a stronghold in my heart and my beliefs and in my thinking. I had believed the lie that I I, I was and always would be a better protector for 30 years. 30 years. Did something awful that grieves the heart of God happen to me? Yeah. But did that mean all men were evil? No, not at all. Absolutely not. Oh, but Summer, you, you don't know what I've been through. You're right. I don't, but God does. God knows your story. He knows you. He knows when you get up and when you lie down, as scripture tells us. He knew you before you were even born. And listen, I know I'm giving my own example here, but we all have lies that the enemy has tried to implant and many of us have agreed to. God doesn't want us, God wants us to have a mind made new. He doesn't want us to agree with the lies of the enemy any longer. But we have to make a decision. Do we want to be free with a mind made new in Christ Jesus or allow the the lies of the enemy to hold us captive? The choice is yours. Just like the choice was mine. And as I sat there sitting sitting that day and just seeing myself as that young girl when I made that decision, I had to to make the choice, do I want to stay in this place any longer? Do I want to continue with that attitude of just that combative stronghold and always ready to fight, right? Do I want to stay in a place where I feel like I'm the better protector? And in that moment, I began to grieve, but then I came into a place of repentance and telling God, I said, God, I'm sorry. I repent, Lord. I don't want to to live this way any longer. I don't want to live this way any longer. 
Father, would you forgive me for believing the lie that I was a better protector? And would you come in now and show me a more accurate view of your protection? Show me your protection. I said, I wanna trust you, God. And in the next moment, I saw myself back in our room, just as I had in the beginning, and the shield was gone. And I saw Johnson come wrap his arms around me in this vision. And then I saw Jesus come wrap his arms around the both of us. The shield was gone because we had the most powerful shield covering us. Jesus. Jesus. Something broke off of me in that moment. That stronghold was broken. And in turn, it affected my marriage. It affected my relationship with others. And most importantly, my relationship with God. I'll never forget getting home and going to Johnson. He had called me that day. And I remember I was like, I need to talk to you when I get home. He's like, what's going on? I was like, I can't tell you. No. Like, <laughs> I was a hot mess. <laughs> and even when I got home, I was like, oh, so sorry. You know, they, <laughs> right? Um, but just like something broke off of me in that moment, that same freedom and healing that Jesus offered me, he offers you today to have a mind made new. He wants to set you free. Yes, you've left the sin at the altar, but he wants to set you free in your thinking and in your mind. First John 1, 9 tells us this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. And cleanse, uh, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, I know we spent the last few weeks diving into repentance, leaving our patterns of sin at the well, shedding compromise. We made a decision, I'm not gonna compromise. And I applaud you because you have turned to God. But many times, here's the thing, the reason people return to a stronghold or that pattern or that addiction, it's because they spend their energy asking God to change their behavior, but not change their heart and their mind. Earlier this week, I had a dream God gave me. Forgive me, it's very tender. And uh, I was like, Lord, I honestly debated on sharing with this with you guys today, just to be very honest with you, because it, it struck me to my core. And I had this dream. I'm a dreamer, as Johnson's told you. I've shared it before. God sh speaks a lot to me in dreams. And I saw myself in a car and I had people with me in the car and I was driving down a road and on the side, it looked like a desert. Think Arizona, right? With like the rocks and deserty and a little bit of grass here and there. Think that, right? And I see in front of me this beautiful mountain range that went on for miles. It was gorgeous, it was high, it was beautiful. And as we got closer to the mountain, I noticed there was a few older dilapidated homes like down at the base of the mountain. I noticed some old farm equipment, but the mountains were behind it. And so as we drove up to the mountain, as I drove up there, everyone got out, we went out and we looked around and initially everybody wanted to go up the mountain, right? But then they said, no, I'm good. I've seen the mountain. And so we got in the car and they wanted to drive away. And as I woke up and I began to pray, and asked the Lord what it meant, I felt like he said this. He says, Summer, many people go through the valleys. They get past the dry spells. They get renewed. But oftentimes when it's time to go up higher, they want to camp out at the bottom of the mountain or go back the way that they came, away from the mountain where I am. 
but I have so much more to offer them. I just begin to greet and say, God, we want more. God, I want more. I believe you want more. And today, God wants to offer you more. He wants to offer you a mind made new. He wants to set you free from sin, absolutely. But he also wants to set you free from any lies or strongholds that have been affecting your mind. And so, listen, no matter where you are, you have a good father in heaven who is ready to give you his truth today. Let's pray. Father, we come before you. Lord, I thank you for your sons and your daughters in this room. And I I thank you for those who are online with us at Midtown and Hamilton Mill. God, I thank you that it is your desire to see them not just walking, Lord, uh, with their sins forgiven and, Lord, leaving those sins, but, Lord, truly set free in their mind and in their thinking. And so right now, we welcome you, Holy Spirit, into this room. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, in this room. Father, I thank you that you are here, you are at Midtown, you are online, you're at Hamilton Mill. We welcome your presence in this room, Lord. And we tell the voice of the enemy, the father of lies, to be silent in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, I thank you right now that you are the author and the perfecter of our faith, so we submit our minds to you right now. So maybe you're here in the room. Maybe you can identify with me. Maybe you're online, you can identify with me and you believed a lie that you're a better protector. Or maybe for you, your, your lie is different. Maybe it's you'll never be loved, that unlovable sin. Or maybe it's I'll never be good enough, right? Maybe it's that independence. If it has to be, it's up to me sort of lie that I have to make things happen. Maybe you have a stronghold with your lie, associated with your lie, just like I did. I don't know where you are but I would be remiss to take you to the mountain and not give you an opportunity to go up higher on the mountain. So wherever you are, I want us to just pray this together. I want us to just pray this together. Say, Father God, I recognize there are some lies that I've believed that have been hindering me in my relationship with you And I don't want my behaviors to just change. I want my thoughts, my beliefs, my heart posture to be made new. So Father, right now, would you reveal any lies or strongholds affecting my life? Just gonna give you a minute. Remember, whatever he reveals, he wants to replace with something better. As the Lord reveals this, I want you to say this, say, Father, I don't wanna carry this any longer. I don't wanna believe this lie any longer. I don't wanna have this stronghold a part of my life. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I repent for believing the lie. Whatever that lie is, I want you to just name it. Tell him, I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me, Father. Mm. There's some breakthrough happening right now. Mm. We just tell the Lord, I come out of agreement with the lie and the stronghold associated with it. And right now, 
I give it to you, Jesus. I turn to you. I turn to you. And I ask that you would come and fill me. Would you replace that lie with your truth? I just want you to sit for a moment. God, what is your truth for me? What is your truth for me? Don't doubt it. Don't question it. The truth will lie up with the character, the nature, and the heart of God. It's his kindness. He's not going to leave you with something where he's going to give you something better. Say, I receive that, Lord. I receive it, Lord. And then I want you to say this. Say, I surrender to you, Jesus. I surrender. And I worship you. And right now, I make a decision to live my life fully for you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.